if you wake up every day thinking, oh, I want to be a star, I want to be a star, you're probably not going to be a star, right? Mm-hmm. If you wake up every day saying, oh, I love this game, I can't wait to go, you know, to go play, I can't wait to go to a park, that's when you're going to become a star. So if you, can, if you can honestly say, I can't wait and wake up, and, and I mean, look, you're not necessarily going to be a, a flowery and daisy road ahead of everything that you love. I mean, you're going to hit some bumps. There's going to be good days and bad days like with anything. But generally, you should be able to wake up and, and look forward to, to the next step. If you're not looking forward to the next step, don't do it. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. Um, I'm your host, Devin Miller, the uh, serial entrepreneur that's also a patent and trademark attorney. Um, Each episode, we cover the inventive journey of uh, different startups and small businesses and entrepreneurs, and we got uh, a great great, uh, journey to discuss today. We've got a couple guests on today, so we've got both Jack and Michael. Um, They have come up with a, uh, well, I'll let them discuss a little bit more, but a a way to fix your bed to make the the sheets work better and to uh, make it it more enjoyable. And they they call it the bed scrunchies, so they'll talk a little bit more about it. They, uh, before that, they have a long history in the uh, the linens business, and so kind of is their background. So welcome to the podcast, <laughs> both of you guys. Thank you for having Thanks, us, Devin. We're, we're, uh, we're excited Thank you. to be on here. <laughs> so Absolutely. I gave you an intro that probably doesn't do you guys anywhere near the justice, so maybe I'll let you guys jump into a little bit of your, your background and your story and tell a little bit about your journey. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for having us, man. We really appreciate it. Mike, one of you want to... Give uh, Devin a personal thank you here. <laughs> Absolutely, Devin. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Jack, uh, you, you, want, you want to start with uh, a little bit of background on yourself and how we got to this point? Yeah, a, l- a little bit of background. of, of I'll, I'll, I'll just give a little brief uh, background of, of, of us and, and kind of how we came to light. So as Devin already kind of mentioned in the intro, you know, Mike and I already are, are in the textile industry for more than 10 years. Um, combined experience, more than 20 years, actually. So... Um, we've been at this quite a while, so we know that, you know, loose bed sheets are a problem. You know, Luxor Linens is our first company, first baby, which we started when, uh, 2006, 2006, when we were 19 years old, you know, so we're not that old, but yeah, when we were 19, we started out of college and, uh, online was just uh, happening. It was a pumping marketplace. Fast forward. Uh, to All right, about, so I'm already you know, jumping in. So 20... you can't fast forward too quickly. So in co- and we didn't even talk about that beforehand. In co- or so did you go to college or out of straight out of high school? Decided I'm going to start my. I mean, there's a lot more to start. I could fast forward and still go on for four hours. So I mean, like, don't worry, I'm not going to run out of content. I got plenty of stuff to go on. But, all right, go ahead. You, 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 you go ahead. You tell me where you want me to be. Oh, it's just what do you want to know? You said you started 2006. Was it out or out of high school? And you started, hey, we're going to start our own business and not worry about college. Did you do it during college or did you do it? I, I mean, we got to college and we realized, we got to college and we realized, like, like you know, my parents are working class people. Mike's parents are working class people. Um, I think, uh, you know, I mean, being, I'm a first generation uh American. Boy, I was born here. Mike. Mike is an immigrant, so he came. He came on a boat somewhere. I, I came, came off the. I came off the boat to Ellis Island. Came to Ellis Island. Now we're just joking around, but yeah. So he came here. He came here when he was young. What year did you come here, Mike? Ninety two. Uh, we came in uh, 89. So you came when Jordan was warming up, man. When he was getting good. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So basically, you know, you know, we we, we were not you know exposed to 
to a fancy life by any means or, 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 you know, our parents weren't business people, but, you know, I think, you know, growing up, you know, growing up, especially where we live in Staten Island and stuff and seeing everyone else. And, you know, uh, we were trying to, uh, to do our best into, uh, into getting to the next level. And I think me and Mike found, found that in common, you know, at a young age. And, uh, you know, we had many ventures together, uh, starting off from, I, I think we were selling, you know, jackets on eBay and we were selling sunglasses and, and things and, and, um, yeah, just trying to find the next best thing until we finally did something legit, legitimate, legitimate with Luxor Linens. I mean, my most vivid, my most vivid memory would be, you know, sitting in college, building, building the website for LuxorLinens.com. So it's like, I was in college, you know, already not zoned out. I was fully zoned out. We were answering calls. Remember, remember leaving class to answer customer calls. It was crazy. Absolutely. That wasn't even on top of waitering and, and working at the Excelsior Grand, you know, so that was my grand idea. I was like, Mike, you know, look, we got to make some money, you know, in order to support and, and buy this, this inventory and do these things. So, you know, you know, I told him, come, come work with me. I was a waiter. I was, I was doing part-time gigs, you know, I was working on the weekends and stuff and, and, you know, Mike would cover my tables. I'd run out in the back. I'd be like, Mike, I got an order. Somebody's calling me and stuff. So, you know, it was exciting. It was, it was, uh, it was a real fun time. We're talking about Luxor Linens. Meanwhile, you know, this is all about bed scrunching and how we got bed scrunched, but uh, to the point, but it's all tied together, you know, because, you know, I think that being involved in, in, in this business, Luxor Linens and, and building it passionately and going through the ups and the downs of that really helped us realize that, you know, Hey, there's a problem that we need to solve, and hey, we need to do this in order to protect our future. So it was a twofold situation creating bed scrunchy, really. Hmm. Well, yeah, and I think it's always fun to hear a little bit about the background of kind of how what what you guys where you guys came from, where you you know came up with, what were the previous experience in the background, because that oftentimes will flavor you know the the business you're in now is to lessons learned and how you guys uh, you know. What you've done, what you've done differently, and how you've done it, and how you had the experience and to launch something that's uh, coming along. So that's cool. So I do like the idea. I, I almost picture that you know you're in the middle of class. You you know you you have uh, somebody the professor's talking, and then somebody the phone rings, and you just run out. Don't even worry about what the class is talking about, and make sure you do customer service. You know, I almost think that that's the the most fun part to be with the business is that early on. That is, and honestly, God, that 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 visualization that you just painted there—that was, I mean, that was should be a director for the movies. I mean, that that was that was it. <laughs> that was exactly what was happening, and I mean, it was it was fun. We learned a lot, man. You know, uh, experience is the best teacher of all. You know, mm. better than any class, better than any professor. So, hands on. I, don't, oh, I, don't, I, I, don't don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Try and fail, and try again. So then, so maybe now I'll let you fast forward a little bit. So you had luxury linens. I think you, when we talked a little bit before, you grew that. <laughs> luxury linens. L- luxury. Luxury. Right. Like the casino. Luxury linens. I misspoke. but the they, are luxury, they are luxury linens, too. So you <laughs> messed up over there. So luxury linens are luxury linens. So we're, we're, we're good. All right. So you grew that, I think you said, when we talked before, to I think around 13 million and you saw that the business was going to start to kind of fade or that, you know, the bed sheets were almost becoming more of a commodity or something. No, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't that the bed sheets came more of a commodity. You know, we did, we did realize back in 2010, 2012, 13, up to 2013, that was our peak. And Hmm. I personally realized, and I kept telling Mike, the sun's not going to shine forever. He's like, what do you mean? This and that. Well, we were in a cycle of, of, of Groupon, Living Social. All of those websites uh, had started emerging at that point. And we were the first on the list, you know. We were the first on the list with Groupon. You know, go, go to Groupon Goods. I mean, 
rewind now. Let's rewind, you know, three years ago, two years ago to, you know, I guess 2017, 2020, 2017, 2016, you know, at the height of Groupon and Living Social, they had like four or 5,000 products on Groupon Goods. We were like one out of four products on Groupon mm-hmm. Goods. So, I mean, we were making, I mean, we were buying things for, for you know, 12, 13 bucks and we were getting back 30 bucks from Groupon and they were selling it for 49. So, I mean, we were making, we were putting $10 and we were making $20 clean off of $10 selling 5,000 units at a time two, three times a month, like it was nobody's business. So it was an incredible thing. And I, I knew that wasn't going to last. I mean, that was, that was, that was crazy. I mean, yeah, that was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Um, but this, this went on for a couple of years and, and, and I knew, I knew it was just going to go down. But at the same time, you know, I'm experiencing, you know, this, this, this bed sheets and, and I'm doing well with the bed sheets. And until I took this one sheets at home, I put it on my bed and, and, and it kept coming off the bed. And that's when I was like, you know what? I love the sheet set, but it's not staying on the bed. So I went to Amazon. I bought, um, I bought a solution, you know, some kind of clip suspender thing. I tried to use it. I think I was like fighting with my wife that weekend or whatever. So <laughs> she wouldn't help me lift the mattress. So I was on my own. So I was like, this is a pain in the ass. There's got to be an easier way to do it. I don't know. So I gave up. I threw the thing. I threw it on my dresser. I left. And, you know, the week went on. I didn't think much of it, you know. Fast forward later that week, I don't know, I'm on my way to the office. I'm getting dressed. I'm going to work. I grabbed this contraption that I bought that mm. was a pain in the ass. I don't know. I had I have some sewing machines because, you know, that's what we do. We are in the textile business. Um, so we do sewing, we do embroidery, we do custom bed sheets at Luxor Linen. So knowing that I have the sewing machines, you know, I grabbed, I grabbed this contraption. I took it with me. I cut it up. I, I, I started um, making something for myself. Something that I thought would be great. So right. the, when you, you came know. up with it, was it with a, a business idea that you were going to get it started? Or just saying, hey, I just this is personal use. I just want to make sure that my, my you know, my, my bed sheet stays I, on. I knew um, the idea of obviously coming up with an invention, coming up with patents. I knew the idea of this. I was like, look, I was just isolating everything. I was just like, let me see what I can do with this, right? Mm-hmm. Let me not think about that too fast. Let me just set up the sewing machine. Let me just get my hands dirty a little bit. And let me see what I can come up with before I get ahead of myself. You know, mm. I didn't want to get ahead of myself at that point. So I gave myself a week until I came up with something. And then I, I until I had something that I could show Mike. And I was like, Mike, what, what do you think of this thing? Right. Because what am I going to tell him? I got this idea. Everybody's got ideas, right? Mm. Everybody has ideas. But but when you, you're walking up to somebody with something like this and you're like, you know, the name that I think this is a good name for it. And this is it. And this is its function. Now, hmm. now you have some dialogue, right? So I knew I had to get to that point before. So once I got to that point, then, then Mike saw it. I think that's when Mike was like, Oh, you know, this, 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 this is cool, man. This, this is, this could be something. And then I started validating it with, with people in my office. And then, um, and then I kind of put it to bed for a little bit until I filed my patents. No pun intended. After I filed my, uh, no, put it no, no pun intended. Put it no. <laughs> no pun intended. Until I filed my patents, and then and then once once those patents came uh, came to life, uh, I hopped on a plane, went to China, with no real agenda of anything besides just figuring out what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of things I like, in between. Oh, 
Sorry. And There's and a lot of things fast, that happen in between. Fast forward four years uh, later, you know, we're selling. We're I mean, finally no, selling. In between there, the journey, the journey of getting it done, you know, how, how I mean, this could be a different topic for later because it would be impossible to go through all now, but a lot of stuff that happened in between as far as, you know, you know, look, just because you have a patent, it doesn't mean shit. Just because you have an idea, it doesn't mean shit. Often people screw up in the manufacturing process. I think that's probably the hardest process. And we spoke about this the other day, Mike, because um, obtaining a patent is one thing. Enforcing a patent is another thing. Producing and selling are two, uh, three other things. So these are all different functions that all have to happen at the same time seamlessly in order to be successful. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're asking me or Michael, but I, I definitely agree with you in the sense that, uh, you know, I've, I've been through, on, I, as I mentioned, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur and I've done everything from software as a service, you know, those kind of subscription products to I do a, a working with a company that's uh, in their health co-found for wearable diabetes monitoring. And each one is different, but you end up wearing a whole lot of hats and everything is hard and everything is different. And then you're expected to figure it out, do it all at the same time. And it's not an easy, it's not an easy juggle. And you always feel like you're running to catch up or you're struggling to keep ahead of everything. And you're always trying to just say one, one step ahead of failure type of a thing. So I, I'm in complete agreement with you. Well, I really like to relate. I really like to relate this to cooking. You know what I mean? It's like cooking Thanksgiving dinner and you want everything to come out hot at the same time. How do you get it to come out hot at the same time without burning the turkey or, or toasting this or that? Or, you know, so, so I mean, Essentially, if you're a good chef, you should be a good entrepreneur. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good yeah. It's like it's, a, it, it's yeah. like you know, or or like an octopus. You just got to level everything out. You have the you know different arms, and you got to stay level. I don't know about octopus, bro. I know we're humans, and we only got two arms, bro, and one brain. So you can only work one thing at a time. So but you got but you got to wear multiple hats. You know what I mean to make it. You got to wear multiple hats, but but back to that wearing multiple hats. That's important, but you got to know when to turn off, you know, and turn on certain things and when you're when you're in that position of doing you know and that's 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 where when you you know we're talking about the question we'll get to that later when he asks this question but um look you gotta focus focusing is important tunnel vision is important um you know you really you really gotta hone in on on what you're good at and then uh, make it happen you know no i i completely I agree so now, now almost a year, again, fast forwarding. So four years in development, took a lot of time. I think you, when we talked before, you're still running the linens business and linens company in the meantime. And how, you know, and I think if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're still, you're still involved, you're still running that, but now you've kind of shifted a yeah. bit of the, the focus and attention to be on bed scrunchies and see that as kind of the next up and coming. So how do you manage or how do you juggle where you put your time and your effort between the linens company and bed scrunchies and how do you make that, make that transition? Well, that's a really good question. Well, you know, we see, we see both companies as they're intertwined, right? I mean, it's not like we're selling, uh, you know, we're selling, we're, we're in the linens business and we're in the, in the, in the food business. You know what I mean? We're, yeah, they're parallel selling, to each other. So you know, we're we, selling, kind of, we kind of mirror off the success. We're selling apples and oranges. We're selling fruits <laughs> and vegetables. So we're all right. You know, we're, we're in the same realm. So we think that, that that was a strategic uh, and, and, and great um, move that we, we did, you know, and kind of positioned ourselves to, to make that happen. But again, you could even plan this out. It kind of just, you know, hmm. it just happens, right? You don't know what your next idea is going to be. I mean, I don't know if, you know, if I could have came up with an idea for an amazing cell phone case, for an example. I don't know. But it just so happened to be embedding. So I kind of lucked out there, you know? Okay, that's cool. So now you've done that. 
bigger or got, and I think that's a great thing is in the sense that they almost have the, the synergy or able to work or play off of each other. So as one company and as the other, that they aren't competing and they aren't pulling in different directions, but rather pulling in the, the same direction. In fact, in fact, they trust promote each other. It's like you sell somebody a sheet set, you sell them a, a scrunch, you sell them a scrunch, you sell, you sell them a sheet set. So it's a beautiful thing, you know? <laughs> um, so then you, and it's great because the bed scrunchie, the bed scrunchies is, is, is a fairly inexpensive, effective product, which appeals to the masses. And by appealing to the masses, you're gaining the trust and building, you know, customer, a customer database, which in my opinion is the hardest and most difficult part of growing any business. So by building this customer database, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm, 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 these people are paying me to create leads. I'm giving them a solution. I'm actually creating leads that I'm going to be able to use and sell them bed sheets later on. You know what I mean? And turn this into a 50, $60 million company, possibly. Why not? That's cool. Hey, why not? So now you take the four years in development, you've got the bed scrunchies, you've got the linens company. So what, looking at kind of maybe the next six months or a year, what, you know, what's out there? What, where do you think you see things headed or what's the, what's the trajectory you're on or where do you think, or where, where are you going to end up in another year? I think uh, our trajectory is simple. It's, it's, it's to sell as many bed scrunchies as possible in as many countries as possible and um, become um, sort of a betting accessory phenomenon, become the most talked about betting accessory, make it a thing. Once it's a thing, that means a lot of people have bought it and I'll have those people's information and I'll sell them other things. It's, it's a really, it's, it's quite simple for me, you know what I mean? And hopefully a couple of TV appearances in between um, can help uh, accelerate the situation, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with pouring a little uh, fuel on the fire, you know. So I think that's, that's uh, you know, PR. You got to go out there. You got to talk to the right people. That's, it's, it's important. You know, networking with the right people is important. No, I, I think that's, that's a good point. You don't necessarily have to leave your house to do it either, you know. Well, now, nowadays you do. You don't have to leave your yeah. house to do anything. <laughs> That's true. You guys, we were talking before, and you guys are in New York, so you even if you want to leave or, or, or want to go outside, um, you couldn't. So you, you guys are going to be stuck in there, at least in Utah. We're naturally spread out, so we, we, don't, we don't ever see a tons of people anyway, so we, we're, we're, we don't have to. We can go outside a little bit more, but no, that's, that's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, we're in, a good, we're in a good little pocket over here at Staten Island. It's like a little uh, secret haven of New York City. So we're kind of spread out too. All right, well, that's cool. I I always I grew up in a, a small town, and uh, I, I like the small town feel. So I always even what you guys would consider like spread out. That's that would make me claustrophobic. So, but no, I didn't. Funny enough, I was I was I, uh, I, I think Redfin is the, the real estate data thing. They started saying that that the search for small town small towns has has gone up like by forty percent. A lot of people from these cities like uh, Cali and stuff, a lot of people looking to move out and go to small towns. Have you read anything like that? You seen that? Yeah, at least where, where I'm at, the, the small towns keep uh, keep disappearing as more and more people want to move into the small towns. So it seems like everybody... Pro- property values are probably going up over there by you guys. You know, with little, yep, little I, I, I think so. I don't pay that enough attention and I don't know how it's affected yeah. by, by or COVID and everything going on. So maybe if I pull us back on topic for the last few yeah, minutes... Yeah, that's cool. Let's go on topic. My final question. So... We asked kind of the trajectory of the next six, you know, six or six months to a year is, hey, we're going to blow this up. We're going to do whatever TV appearances, add whatever kind of fuel to the fire and do everything else. 
So do you think, in, and so one question, and maybe you guys don't have this problem, but a lot, I see a lot of times with entrepreneurs and startups and small businesses is you always have, you know, the next five or 10 great ideas and you always have the next thing you want to do. And how do you decide where to put your focus and where to, when the, when is the next idea that you, so you got, you know, Linden's company, now you've got bed scrunchies and maybe you have the next two or three ideas in the pipeline, you know, at some point, how do you decide what's the timing or when to go after those and when it makes sense to kind of build out the company to that next, next idea? <laughs> That's also a really great question. Um, I think for me, I try to find things that coincide with each other. It's, I feel like it's like playing connected dots, right? I go to the new, next nearest dot. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go uh, there if, 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 if I can go over here, you know? So, um, I, like, like I said, you know, that's how I came up with the bed scrunchie because it's, it's within the realm of that and, and um, of, of the already textiles and, and linens. So um, I, I would, again, try to, you know, my next thing would, would be to take this from a one product company and grow it into a nice fruitful tree. That would be my, you know, and I think naturally that would, should be anybody's uh, next step. If you're, if you're an inventor and you're creating a one product, right? You try to grow other things around that product. You already have those customers. Right? Do an amazing job at selling that one product that you created. Once you do that, you'll build the whole trust thing. You'll build the customer thing and you'll sell them other shit. I mean, it's a really simple thing. You know, if you do the right thing, um, people are going to come back. Right. Yeah, I think I think I think you don't want to bounce over onto the next thing too early before you feel like you have a tight grip on you know the thing you already started doing. You know, maximize like, that. like even Mike, you fight with me all the time. You tell me, oh, let's sell bed sheets on on bed scrunch. I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to do that now. I, I'm not ready for that. I want I want to just keep it what it is right now and make it really famous for what it is. I think that's really important. Think about McDonald's when they first started off. You know, what were they serving? You know, what were they serving? Just you know, burgers. Milkshakes, burgers, and french fries. That's it. Keep it simple. Um, and I think that once you become amazing for that one or two things, then 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 that's it. You, your reputation and, and then you do whatever you want. Then you sell the egg McMuffin, right? Yeah, then you sell the egg McMuffin, then then you sell the Big Macs, and then you sell all this other stuff. Right? Okay, so so yeah, I got my... I agree. Oh, go ahead. So I got no, the... I'm saying I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we keep talking over each other. We got we we got a delay here. <laughs> That's right. So um, I always got my last two questions, but one thing that I think is, is fun to have both of you guys on, and I'll put you guys a little bit on the spot. So, you know, every, every, I would say at least most entrepreneurs or most people in the startups and small businesses and growing things, there have to be strong will individuals in the sense that you almost have to have that determination. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to make this work. And you almost have to have that will or desire that personality in order to be able to slog through all of the ups and downs and the good and the, good and the bad of startups and small businesses. And both of you guys, you know, certainly seem to fit that mold really well, but how do you guys, when you now have two people that are kind of running things together and your friends and you're doing businesses together, how do you kind of resolve differences or how do you kind of make sure that, you know, you don't have things blow up or you guys don't have a falling out or you make sure that you guys are both headed in the same direction? That's also a really good question. I think that, um, you know, in order to minimize that for myself, for me, what I do is I just, I just stay laser focused on the goal, right? If, if I know that in the end, I'm trying to obtain or achieve or grab or do or get or do this one thing, then, then I'm, I'm basically, you know, it's like, it's like fighting through a war. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, even people that go to war, I mean, they have, I'm sure they have some, some funny times on the battlefield. I'm sure they laugh, they smile and I'm sure it happens. Like, seriously, like, like gun battle. Well, we, would we, we, we would just, 
Yeah, we were just talking about it today. Uh, we have, sometimes we have good tension. You know what I mean? We Jack disagree. We fight. We we fight it out sometimes. You know, like uh, like brothers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Sometimes out of this, sometimes out of this tension, we get other ideas and things. Uh, things become clearer. You know. I think it's important. Yeah, it's funny enough that I was actually talking to Mike about it, and we were talking about. <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the last dance because it seems to be a popular topic now, and mm. I just finished. Um, you know, uh, binge watching it because everybody said it was so good, and I, and I made some time to watch it. And and I think like you know, even when they talk about you know Jordan and stuff, they said you know like there was a, there was a lot of tension between between his teammates and stuff. They actually they're upset because they 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 portrayed Jordan to be nicer than he really was. He was a lot more of a of an he was ass. A bully. He was a, he was a bully. Yeah. A bully, but but I but you know I think that I think I, I'm not condoning bullying here, but. I think tension is good. I think tension is important. You got to have differences. These differences spark ideas and create uh, fuel to the fire. You know, for me, the best thing anybody could do is disagree with me or tell me that I can't do something. That 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 yeah, that's kind of like. And I mean, I, I guess that's what I took out of that last dance too. I, I felt like Jordan was also like when the guy told him a uh, good game or whatever, and he patted him, and he came back the next day and ripped him up. Well, remember that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, what was that guy stacking? What was his name? No, no, that was just like some no-name uh, Brad Bradford Smith or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's like, he's like, oh, good game. He's like, oh yeah, he came back the next day and he scored thirty-eight points in the first half instead of. Did you watch it, Devin? Did you watch the the, the last dance? I've started watching it. I haven't fully binged it yet, so I, I won't. Uh, I haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> so you're not familiar with that part. Yeah, where did you get to so far? What episode? What episode are you on? Uh, I'm on the second Three, episode. So I've only got. Oh, I've, so I've only right. started on it. I've. I've, I've oh, kind of like. You know what? There's I've a lot of enough, stuff. I've had enough enough people that have told me it's great and I should watch it. That I, I've started it, but life has been uh, crazy and busy, so I haven't had the full same time. Same here. Same here. Same here. You know, right before you go to sleep, and you know, I fell asleep to it a couple nights. You know, I had to go back to the parts that I slept on. But um, yeah, no, it's great. It's great because all the things that you could relate from from that into business. You know, what I mean? me and Jack were just talking about it today. It's like, you know. Um, I was I was explaining to Jack how you need to have a cushion above you. So if you're a leader in an organization, for example, right, you could you could ride your employees hard to get the most out of them, but it's best when you have somebody even a little bit higher above you that those employees can go to if you you know insult them too bad or if you you know you ride them a little too hard. So hmm. that's just a little lesson from there. Jordan would ride his teammates extremely hard, but the teammates would then go and cry to Phil Jackson. And he would kind of smooth everything out. He'd be like, "Yeah, but Mike, when you're on top, though, who are you going to go cry to? If you're the leader, I mean, and there's nobody above you. What are you going to do? Who are you going to put up there? I mean, there's God. They can they can pray to Christ, and you know, maybe they can yeah, get some resolve from him. It's good when, to have that uh, when you're the guy on top. Inside. When you're the guy on top. When you're when you're the guy on top, you have to you know when to know call you, the, the decision. Exactly. Exactly. You have to. You know, know how the hard you can ride. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point. You have to know yeah. the limits. You have to you have to lead by example, and and it's important. Yeah, I mean, I, and also what they said is is you shouldn't be willing. You know, you should be willing to tell other tell people things to do things that you're not willing to do yourself. I think that's important. No, I, yeah. I, that's definitely something that you know it's an important takeaway. But no, overall, I think that um, having having a partner, having differences is not a bad thing. Having uh, disagreements um, could be extremely healthy for. Uh, for especially for an invention process, for a development process, for the growing process, really, you know. Yeah, no, I, 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 I in, in complete agreement on all of that. So I think that's that's very good insight. 
Well, as we get, get towards the end of the podcast, we always try and keep it to about a half an hour. To, so uh, it was about the attention span to most people. So as we get to that, and we mentioned, uh, always have two or two questions I ask at the end of the podcast. So we'll jump to those now. So the uh, first one, and maybe I'll ask uh, each of you guys and see if you guys' answers light up or how, or how each of you guys interpret it. Um, but what's the uh, worst business decision you ever made? Mike, you go ahead. You take the microphone on this. Um, I mean, in my, in my mind, I have a few, but I, I guess the biggest one would be, you know, when, 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 when you're doing well, you know, don't take your foot off the gas. Try to see if you could diversify something just to have some other revenue streams, you know, something for, you know, a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, you know, my, you know, in, in hindsight, that would, be, that would be one thing that I felt like we did wrong. We took the foot off the gas a little bit and kind of put it on cruise control, autopilot, you know? You know what? I typically disagree with Mike, but in this actual situation, I'm not going to disagree with him because, yeah, <laughs> he actually revised. He went back and revised what he what he thought was was mistakes of the past because we've discussed this in the past. And 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 you know, Mike's idea usually of diversifying would have been to try other businesses. But I mean, yeah, when you're doing well, definitely don't take your foot off the gas. And if you're going to diversify, you want to diversify within within the the that spool. Of, of, of action that you're already doing. You know what I mean? So if, if, if you're selling towels, you know, maybe diversify in selling ropes. If you're going to sell, you know, ropes, maybe diversify in selling sheets. That type of diversification is okay. But, you know, you don't want to, you know, be in a linen business and then, you know, maybe go start a car dealership tomorrow. That might, that might you know, kind of maybe too far of a diversification. And I think we touched about that a little earlier, you know, in the podcast. I think that you know, you want you don't want to stray too far from the dots. You want to keep the dots close to each other. No, yeah. I, think, I, I, I think that's a good insight. And I was, uh, I was listening to, and I, I, I do this podcast. And I also love to listen to other podcasts. And there was one that was um, about uh, Wrigley gum, right? So everybody had, or no, or likely heard of Wrigley gum, but there was a competitor way back when that they basically tried to mimic. <laughs> Wrigley was very small and it was a, a you know, kind of a, an, a fly on a, in a, a very big, uh, you know, room type of a thing. They um, they had a monopoly. Basically, everybody but Wrigley got together, made a monopoly, and uh, had a kind of a gum consortium, so to speak, for chewing gum at the time. This was a hundred plus years ago. And then when, once they made monopoly, they stopped advertising. They all gave themselves big dividends. They took the foot off the gas. And Wrigley, on the other hand, just went out and blitzed advertising. He put the kept the foot on the gas, kept the momentum building, and at the end. That, you know, that consortium, nobody knows anymore, and it's gone away, and yet you have Wrigley that's still, you know, a big gum provider. So I think that that's a good lesson to learn is, you know, and a mistake that's often made is, hey, when things go well, sometimes you just, you don't want to rock the boat, and yet you need to keep the foot on the gas. So I think that's a great, uh, great insight. Okay, my second question that I always ask is, um, for somebody that's just getting into startups or getting into small businesses or just wants to get into that, what would be the number one piece of advice you guys would give them? Um, really, uh, choose, choose, choose wisely. Choose what choose wisely? <laughs> everything, everything. Uh, as far as like, what business are you going to go into? Do you really love it? Are you really passionate about it? Can you, can you, can you, do you lose track of time when you're doing it? Um, are you willing, are you willing to, to do it for a year and not get paid? Are you willing to do it for two years and not get paid? Um, are you willing to give up things that you love and people that you like seeing frequently uh, to pursue it? So, so I mean, like, it's like, it's like playing an instrument or playing, uh, you know, or 
you love it so much that, you know, you'll put in the time to practice or it's like playing basketball. You put in the time so much that you're going to practice. And, and I don't think, you know, in most situations, a lot of these athletes, they may even grow up saying they want to be athletes. They just love it so much that they play so good. They get noticed and then they become and become chosen to become athletes, right? They get noticed. Um, but that's because initially they're so passionate about what they're doing, right? They're not even thinking about that, you know? If you wake up every day thinking, oh, I want to be a star, I want to be a star, you're probably not going to be a star, right? Mm-hmm. If you wake up every day saying, oh, I love this game, I can't wait to go, you know, to go play, I can't wait to go to a park, that's when you're going to become a star. So if you, can, if you can honestly say, I can't wait and wake up, and, and I mean, look, you're not necessarily going to be a, a flowery and daisy road ahead of everything that you love. I mean, you're going to hit some bumps, there's going to be good days and bad days like with anything, but generally you should be able to wake up and, and look forward to, to the next step. If you're not looking forward to the next step, don't do it. Choose yeah, wisely. I, I, I agree. And I also think, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an inventor, if you're going to, you know, think of creating a new product, just to just take the dive and try to um, try to try to sell that product on the marketplace as early as possible. You know, mm-hmm. some kind of prototype, put up a listing. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't even have to have your manufacturing in place, put, put it up, see if people are willing to open up their wallets and start, you know, you know, paying for it. And, and, and if they do early enough, you'll, you'll know that you have something real there. And you know what I mean? And then you could, you could go back to the drawing book and, and then plan for bigger and better things. But the, the sooner you can do that, the, the, the earlier you'll have that reassurance in your mind that you're on the right track. And generally, don't be discouraged. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to that's going to pop up that's going to tell you, you know, you shouldn't, it shouldn't, it's not going to work, or you, you know, look, you just got to keep trying. If you want to make it work, basically, you'll find a way to make it work. You know, no, but I, you got to initially. I think it starts off with with again that love and that strong desire. It could be the worst the, idea what, in the world. What, what's what's the quote? What's the quote, Jack? Uh, what's Jack? What's your quote? Your famous quote. Despe- Despe- oh, desperation is the key to creation. If you're desperate enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah, you know? I like that one. I like that one. If you're desperate, you know, like if you're hungry and you're desperate, you'll, you'll, you'll make it happen. Whatever it is, you know. Well, what do they say? I, a, I hungry, so. a, hung, a hungry, a hungry dog runs faster, right? Is that what they say? I, 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 is that that's probably? What, I mean, look, what, try to dangle a carrot in front of a horse when he's running. You know. <laughs> well, you guys have all sorts of good words of wisdom. I think that's some great advice. So, uh, I think those are, are things to keep to heart. Well, as we wrap up, um, certainly want to, if people want to, whether they want to get in, involved with your product, they want to reach out, they want to invest, they want to buy the product, whatever the may, or case may be. This is the is. product right here. here let's, let's give them a sneak peek, right? All right. I mean, look at this packaging. Look, look at the quality over here. Yeah. Right? What, we what, didn't what, skimp out on anything. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, what, what, what do you want to know? Tell me. So what, what's the best way for them to, to reach out, get your product, get involved, or otherwise uh, get in touch with you? Uh, depending on what you want to do, just reach out to us on bestcrunchy.com. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, wherever, you know, wherever's convenient for you. Uh, you can send myself an email, jack at bestcrunchy.com or mike at bestcrunchy.com. Uh, we're both easily accessible, and uh, we'd love to hear, share, or give you advice on any ideas, opinions. Uh, love to hear everything. So. We're here. We're in it to win it. We're reachable. We're definitely reachable. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, willing to come on the podcast and uh, also willing to share and uh, be approachable. So um, it's been fun to have you on. It's always, I always get to the end of every podcast and I wish I had about, you know, double the amount of time because there's so many more things that would have been fun to dive in on, but we are reaching the end. So thank you guys again for coming on. For those of you that are uh, 
for those of you that are wanting to uh, get involved and be a, a guest on the podcast, uh, feel free to go to inventivejourney.com and apply to be on the podcast. And um, for anybody that needs a uh, patent and trademark uh, help, uh, we're always here to help startups, small businesses. So go to Miller IPL. Thanks again, Jack and Michael, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and uh, hope to hear you. Uh, hope you, get, you guys' journey uh, continues to go well for you. Likewise. Thank you, Thanks, for having, Thank you. Thanks for having us.